You're now listening to the Something Good Podcast Network. Please press any key to continue. New chapter this morning in the battle against Ebola. Nickelback are back. The multi-platinum band has just announced a new album and a North American summer. Until you see the flaming butthole, you ain't seen nothing yet. Something good for ya. All right, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Something Good For You podcast, where the two of us sift through the bullshit to try to find a little something good to give you each and every single week, even though we skipped last week. Whoops. My name is Alex Stiff, and sitting beside me, as always, is the one and only Captain Nunn. What's going on? Producer extraordinaire. <laughs> when I feel like it. No, it's a carry-on from last episode. Billy Bruce, that new single's yeah. out and everything. So yeah, I got uh, my first release as a uh, solo producer slash uh, musician, mixer, master. I did the whole thing by myself other than sing and play guitar. Yes. For those that you don't know, Billy Bruce is a guy that's on the Hobo Wolfman label. He's a singer-songwriter and uh, had the privilege of working with him and uh, put out my first uh, release where I did all that. And I'm pretty stoked about it. And yeah. it's anywhere you stream. Well, it's on Spotify, and I don't know what he's done with anything else. Yeah, but no. uh, you can- <laughs> everybody listens it's to It's not Spotify. going through Stiff Media, so it's not on everywhere. No. <laughs> no. His, his resources were limited as far as distro but again everybody listens to spotify so go check it out it's billy exactly. Bruce 40 and the song's called be yourself yes and i think we mentioned it last week too but now here we give one more little plug up top in addition to if you haven't been seeing it everywhere by now phil and new single wild ride available everywhere you stream music share it with your grandma even i mean we don't give a shit <laughs> just share it around we, we love this stuff and grandma might like it <laughs> grandma you know? might like it it's a little classic it's a little classic sounding but no I, if you're listening to the podcast, it means you get little insider things. That's not the only song that's going to be releasing from us. So, you know, stay tuned. It's going to be really fucking awesome. You know, we're not saying that publicly, but if you're listening to the podcast, hey, that's what you find out. That's For cool sure. <laughs> For sure. And, uh, man, I've been in kiss mode lately, too. And speaking of, you should listen to our podcast, No Time to Turn. Yeah, on the yeah. Kind of get well. knocking out a couple little ads here at the top, only because, again, the, the reason we kind of skipped a week is because we've been extremely busy. And one of those things we have been busy with is exactly what Cap said. Uh, our new Kiss theme podcast, No Time to Turn, right here on the Something Good Network, invariable everywhere you listen to podcasts. It's not a Patreon show like The Couch Potatoes or You Gotta Hear This. It's another free network show all about Kiss. So if you're yeah. a Kiss fan, uh, he, Russ has been a dear friend of mine ever since like birth. I've known him ever since I was a baby. And every time we've gotten together, it's always been Kiss-related talk. And you've heard Russ on this show before. Is no matter which episode he's on we will get into kiss conversation so it. we could do a fucking rolling stones episode and kiss will come up oh yeah so it, it was bound to happen so it did happen it's called no time to turn available everywhere you stream your podcast so if you're a kiss nerd like us and you want to check it out then do so it, and hit and hit that little subscribe button. Yeah, the, su- can, and the subscribe button means you'll get a little notification every other week when we drop a new episode. So I've been reading uh, memoirs and things like that too, and I used to read all of those back in the day. It was funny. Uh, last night we were wrapping everything up. I think you had just left to go get some food or something, and uh, I was microwaving me something. And Russ goes, "Man," he goes. I've never studied like this before in my life. <laughs> and, and I started laughing. He goes, no, really, you don't understand. 
I've never studied. Even in school, I didn't study. Oh, he goes, but dude. the other night, I caught myself with three books turned upside down to specific pages and my laptop and my phone out cross-referencing stuff. And I quickly looked back and went, whoa. <laughs> dude, that was me in college half the time. Like, I was a terrible college student for a couple of years, but I was, I was going through fucking, like, rock star memoirs, like fucking newspapers just about every few weeks and things like that. Yeah, yeah. So I just thought that was funny how he was like, I was not a studying kid. He's like, but I was, he's like, I had so many sources up at the same time cross-referencing things the other night. <laughs> that's fun. It's, like, it's especially fun after you get away from the uh, the patterns of like the artists themselves because like you read a lot of art, artist memoirs, they kind of fall into similar patterns and you start seeing, you know, uh, you know, things like that. It's like, okay, here comes the part where they get into drugs. Here's the part where they go into rehab. Here's the part with the reunion tour. And, you know, it's it's like a formula almost because I had like a lot of 80s rockers <laughs> right, fucking, right, right. Uh, memoirs and uh, a lot of uh, uh, so stuff from bands that I like and a lot of the bands I like like doing drugs and shit like that. <laughs> So there was a lot of that kind of thing. And, God uh, forbid. I know, God forbid. <laughs> I haven't read Jeans yet, though, so I'm curious to read that one all the way through. But it's going to be like, you know, everything else with all the groupie stories. Oddly enough, Jeans was the first one I read. Um, I read it, and then I think there was a, like a book-on-tape version that was made like years ago. You're listening to Kiss and Make Up by me, Gene Simmons. To be honest, Ch- I Chapter one. I don't remember if Gene narrated it or not. That's the thing. Either way, I know I've got. I know I got a copy of the book. I know I actually read it. Read it too. Uh, Jeans is fun. Uh, Jeans was more of an interesting read uh, ten years ago, right? Uh, because he had a lot of stuff about his growing up in Israel. Um, you know, his uh, relationship with his mom, the relationship with his estranged father. You know, all this other stuff. But within recent years, you know, even that uh, the seventy-year-old demon Japanese documentary that's made its way onto YouTube. Even that really delves into a lot of the stuff he talked about in his book. So the the book is interesting, but when Gene made that book, he was definitely in uh, recrafting history mode. He was mm. the, his was the first book to come out of any of the four, and his came out right on the tail of the farewell tour. Right. So he was in big time wrap it up this is the end you know kind of talk he was kind of in uh you know gene simmons the entrepreneur mode <laughs> big time big time so he was trying to just get down every little story he could write it the way he wanted to be written and just move forward so it was prime bullshit gene simmons mode <laughs> so that yeah, sounds about right so it, it is what it is i, I remember liking uh, peter and ace's book the best and uh i, I still really like paul's i really I, i'll re-listen to paul's a lot yeah <laughs> Yeah, Paul's got his, uh, uh, for those that don't know, Paul's got his uh, audiobook on YouTube, and that hasn't yeah. gone anywhere for years. So if you're interested, I mean, just look it up. It's a fascinating, you know, story to listen to because of what he went through and all the shit that he had to deal with. And, you know, it's a little dramatic here and there, but that's just kind of how he is. And Well, so... I've kind of thought about that aspect of it before, of the you know him being a little bit dramatic or, you know, whatever. But... Is it not within his character slash the character of a writer of a book anyway to not dramatize things slightly? So, like, for instance, when we're telling a story here on the podcast, we're not telling any sort of lies, but we are definitely boosting it up some, you know, to make it, you know, entertaining. That's fair. That's fair. You know, so... 
he when he paints the picture of you know I'm sitting alone in my you know two bedroom uh, Manhattan apartment and all I've got is my five thousand dollar lamp I purchased and I'm laying on the floor staring at the ceiling. Yeah, that does sound a little dramatic, but it sounds better than well I went back home and went to sleep. Yeah, you got to sell books. Yeah, so it's like he wasn't telling any lie, but he was you know, he was painting the picture just like we paint a picture here on the show. Yeah, you know, so I I, I feel like there's. I feel like there may be lines with his dramaticness, um, but, but but overall, I really don't see. I, I I've kind of taken a step back. I think Paul's getting a little bit too much of a bad rep for being the diva and being too dramatic. In all essence, he had a lot to deal with. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, he did. There are parts in that book where I sympathize with him like a motherfucker. Especially some of the shit he has to deal with with Gene. And Gene's even like admitted like 95% of it in recent years. Motherfucker got real humble over the last couple yeah, of years. Yeah, he has. <laughs> Especially in that A&E doc that just came out. But we'll get to that probably on a No Time nah, to Turn episode. Yeah, we're not making this too, No Time to Turn part two. It's just it, it wrapped in. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it kind of brings up a point about a book I've read a long time ago by Eric Clapton. He put out his uh, memoirs a few years ago and I got that for Christmas getting all fired up about it because Clapton was one of my guys when I was 18 as a guitar player. Yeah. But it was just, it was kind of just mundane and just kind of like, you know, didn't really paint pictures really well. It was all about his, he kind of like reflected on his shitty attitude and not so much, uh, you know, his, uh, the records or the music or anything like that. It was all about his personal struggles with everything and it's like, I want to hear about you know what you did with Jack Bruce and Ginger Baker. I want to hear about you know the John Mayall sessions and all that. I want to hear about your guitars and your relationship with George Harrison and things like that, which was touched on briefly and things like that. But yeah, and I wonder why that kind of stuff isn't maybe expanded on more. Maybe just bad memory. I guess because now from what it, from if you read his book, he did sound like he was just a miserable bastard for a long time too, and that just kind of killed him for me for a long time. Yeah, and. and I, exactly. I feel like sometimes those books can definitely be a double-edged sword. You know, it's like it's always interesting to really hear the ins and outs, you know, and the inner workings of the band. But then, you know, when when the artist does get pretty real with you, you know, at times it can kind of, you know, set you back a little and be like, oh, I didn't realize this side of you. So it's like, do you, so do you think that these books are actually a positive for the image of a band or an artist? Because sometimes the mystique, you know, especially with, you know, being inundated, you know, with the whole kiss thing again and, you know, um, and, you know, kind of paying more attention to like David Bowie stuff, you know, the image and the aura that you create, uh, the mythos you create is very important, you know, to find out that, you know, just even the small basics things that they started leak kiss was telling, you know, in the late nineties, you know, that, you know, Ace and Peter were druggies and, you know, ruined the band or, you know, our live was overdubbed, you know, yeah. shit like that. Does that kind of stuff truly ruin the mystique of a band, or can you eventually just put the blinders on and just go, ah, it's still fine, it's still fine, I don't care that they were fuck-ups? Well, sometimes it kind of adds to their lore and everything, like, say, with The Dirt by Motley Crue, that just kind of revitalized their entire career, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. that just kind of gave the, that was the beginning of the, uh, the image of that era outshining any of the music that came out in that time period too the sex the drugs the rock and roll because that was just all in its you know graphic detail and i guess that was the first book that sold that many copies that kind of like you know told a story like that 
Huh. Yeah, you're right. But a lot of them, too, have uh, agendas behind them, too, mm-hmm. whether for better or worse, uh, you know, not to bring it back to Kiss all the time. But with Ace's book, that's all about, you know, his agenda is, you know, telling people his story to, you know, not encourage people. No to live. regrets. Yeah, no. But he's telling his story to kind of like encourage people not to do what he did. You know, mm-hmm. he's not preaching about it, but he, he says, I fucked up a lot and I don't want you to fuck up a lot. You know, that's why I put this book out. But, but. I, I, how, how much do you think that it truly is? I'm just giving a cautionary tale to people versus I'm just making a book. Well, if you're going to get paid to tell your cautionary tale, by all means. Well, but what I'm saying though is like, is he true? Did he t- like? Did Ace Frehley tell you anything in that book you didn't already know? No. That's my point. Someone that you know does not dabble in anything other than drinking in some weed, right? You know, if if you didn't learn anything new from that book, but then the- then what is anyone else that's gonna that's pretty green in that aspect also gonna learn? He wasn't telling anyone any sort of cautionary tale. Everyone knows you fucking stick that needle in your arm is gonna be a fucking bad time. Everyone knows as soon as you start falling deep into you know extra drugs, if you can't get a handle on that shit, you're you're done for. No. Well, like, he kind of puts that, you know, as like a coda in his book. You know, it's just like, hey, I did, I put this out for this reason. And uh, another. No, he put it out for a paycheck and because course. people had been asking for it. He didn't put it out yes. because it's a cautionary or for a cautionary. That That's maybe my point. I'm okay, making. maybe that's a bad example. The other example I'm thinking of at the top of my head is uh, Slash's book that that came out, I want to say 2007 or 2008, something like that. And, I right. actually, and that's actually a pretty fun read if you're a Guns N' Roses and Slash fan because he'll go into detail about what the studio experiences and uh, the early years of Guns N' Roses and how rough that was. And mm-hmm. that's, that's a fun story to read where they're all they're all living in their fucking storage unit <laughs> before they get, get famous you know doing all the sex drugs and rock and roll shit in that fucking storage unit together can you picture that i don't want to <laughs> <laughs> no and that's the thing too it uh, but his agenda in that before you before you get to your yeah, point i was gonna say his agenda on that one was that this is before of course this is before the reunion with axel and all that and he says at the very end of his book says i put this out because i want to make the you know point clear about you know my relationship with axel and how i'm not into doing a guns and roses reunion oh yeah totally that 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 is that's probably correct. Yeah, at that time for sure, I would oh, yeah. believe him. Yeah. Oh yeah, I don't believe Ace for a second that he's releasing <laughs> his book as a cautionary tale. I'm just calling bullshit on that. But no, it's weird though. It's been. I think I talked about it maybe on Couch Potatoes, maybe not on here. But it's very hard for me to like latch onto a book and continue to read it. It's like I have to be like super duper invested, like 100% like there's going to be life-saving information in this book in order for me to like stay fully engaged. Hell, I had a comic book subscription for Spider-Man as a kid. And like after like the fifth or sixth issue that came in, I got bored with the fucking storyline that was coming in and I would like kind of flip through it and then let's put it on the shelf. Yeah. And like by the end of it, it's like it was like, oh, I got another one in the mail. Cool. And I put it on the stack because it's like I was so bored with the storyline they were telling at the moment. Yeah, it's like that thing where it gets repetitive and things like that. Well, it's not that it was repetitive. They were just dra- dragging out this long ass storyline with a character I didn't care anything about. And gotcha. I'm just like, oh, this subscription came in at the wrong time. It's like, 
it was like Silver Sable and a whole bunch of like X-Men stuff and I did not give a fuck uh, about gotcha. X-Men and I'm like ah, get away from this I want Spider-Man villains <laughs> subscribe to a Spider-Man comic book now X-Men one goddamn. <laughs> do you still have any of those books oh absolutely yeah I actually ran up across some uh, I was cleaning out all the merch for all the shows we're doing here soon I was cleaning out that and I ran across a box that has says uh, Xbox 360 on it, but as soon as you open it up, it's all my old comic books still uh, bagged and boarded. It's not, I'm not one of those fuckers that was just like, here's a stack of comic books. Boosh, you know, it was like loose papers everywhere. I was going to say. No, no, no. I, I have every one of them bagged and boarded. There you go. <laughs> like a true fan. Oh, yes. Especially all the classic ones. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, shit, you've been, speaking of traveling, you've been all over the goddamn country here in the last, and we're, you're gonna continue to here this yeah. week. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, no shit. Um, yeah, well, one of the reasons we wound up skipping uh, last week, I was thinking we were gonna wind up knocking one out early, earlier uh, in like before Friday of last week, but it just did not happen. But no, a few weeks ago, ran out doing uh, media and uh, merch with Tuck, and um, that was actually really, really fun. And um, <laughs> probably the uh, craziest thing that wound up happening we were it was day one riding on up we were stopping to get gas and where we stopped to get gas um there was like this abandoned like hotel like condemned abandoned hotel motel thing yeah but like as soon as you got out like no joke like i thought it was fewer and but uh, eventually tuck and nigel they all conferred it was like more 15 fucking cats go fucking running as soon as we get out of the car. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it was like pussy city over there. And, <laughs> and not the fun kind. <laughs> no, not at all. And of course, that was the joke being like, oh, this is where we're staying tonight, right? Guys, it's already fucking like, crawling with pussy for you. <laughs> oh, lol, lol, lol. But it's like, but of course, after we fill up with gas, we have to go exploring. But it's like, as soon as we step out of the van, it already reeks of cat piss. Oh, I can imagine. Like, it was bad and so uh-huh. we, it was like we did like a quick little explore nothing too interesting in there and we get back in the van we got back in the van we're about to pull out we had to get back out and everyone checked their shoes to make sure we didn't step anything the stench was stuck in the van for like a good 20 minutes oh my god it was that bad and it wasn't on any of our clothes because it didn't like reek the hotel room or anything else well it was like the final test and everything we were like only a couple hours out and yeah about 30 minutes after we started driving we weren't smelling it anymore but it's like just for the amount of time we were in there and maybe like the little bit of residue that were on our shoes just from walking through the grass and everything it's stuck in the van for 30 fucking minutes jesus christ what's in that gas station that all those cats are just come coming to just uh, well we saw little food bowls in there so it looks uh, like motherfuckers are feeding them, yeah yeah so it, it, and i forget exactly where it was i was out in the middle of fucking nowhere i took a quick video of like the outside so like if i if i use uh if i use my iPhone, tap the video and swipe up. I might be able to get like my location <laughs> to see exactly where the fuck this thing was. All right, yeah, it was in Upton, Kentucky. Okay. Yeah. So just a ra- it was just a random little gas station in Upton, Kentucky, and yeah, it was just like just fucking run oh, yeah, down look- like a motherfucker. Oh yeah, that's some fucking last house on the left shit. Oh yeah, big time. La- yeah, last cats on the left. Last cats on the left. <laughs> God. I'm just picturing like just being mating season for cats in that area too, and just you know, just hearing uh, all the fucking like screams at night. Yeah, no. And uh, yeah, so we uh, we rolled out the uh, day one from Nashville. And we uh, we stopped midway through. We stopped in uh, let's see, we stopped in Columbus, Indiana, and uh, 
And then after that, we made it all the way up to Chicago to Liars Club. And that was the first time I had ever been to Liars Club. Yeah, the one time I went to Liars Club, like I mentioned to you, I've been, uh, I was a little inebriated the one time I went, yeah, yeah. but I was on vacation and mm-hmm. I was kind of, I tried to do the Chicago tour in a day and that's oh, just not wow. how it works. Yeah, no. I was going to say, that was my first time really being in Chicago since I was like maybe 16 or 17 when I was doing that angry youth thing. Um, but yeah, that was the first time being in Chicago since I, motherfucker's huge it could eat like like three or four atlantas yeah well it's one of the biggest cities in the country too and yeah so be, you tried to do that in a day yeah people forget well motherfucker we, <laughs> i think we tried i think we tried to do like a little highlight it was uh, the girl i was seeing at the time and uh, her brother they uh-huh. kind of took us around to like you know his favorite spots and right, things like right. that and one of those happened to be liars club really yeah knowing that side of the family and everything too that was one of his favorites okay all yeah. right whatever but no i love liars club dude like i as soon as i walked in it's like as soon as you walk in directly above you uh is the uh ace fraley triple pickup silver sparkle and Mm -hmm. and they he did a run of those like a short run but oh my god that uh it was just it was that it's at that moment then i saw like the two paintings of gene and ace from the alive two backings beside it and i'm like okay I'm home. Yeah. I'm like, I'm fine here. This is cool. Yeah, I found the uh, the Lemmy uh, little yeah. neon sign you were talking about. Yeah, that's the uh, ro- premier rock and roll club in uh, Chicago. It probably, probably, I'd argue, uh, I don't know if I'd argue the Midwest, but that's a tiny little club that, you know, caters to a rock and roll audience. Oh, yeah. And the crowd was eating it up. It's like, you know, again, I was on uh, the road doing merch and, you know, some video for them. So it's like, I was trying to get into the crowd and like get some really good video shots and stuff, but it's like I couldn't move. No, it, it's like I I could tell when they were about to start, but by then people had already like packed in hard, and I was like trying to still make one more t-shirt sale. <laughs> so it's like uh, before you know they fully kicked in, I was able to weasel my way all the way up to the front, but by the time the song full the first song fully kicked in, it was like sardines, man. I couldn't move. People were like shooting me looks for trying to move, and I'm like, sorry, because <laughs> it's only like maybe a what 200 cap room, maybe. Oh, maybe, yeah, maybe, but yeah. It's just, it was ugh, it was crazy, fun but very crazy, very yeah. crazy. <laughs> I was gonna say it won't be, take long to pack out a joint, but the if the folks that pack out the joint will fucking love every minute of it. Oh yeah, oh absolutely. And it was cool as hell because I saw uh, Brad and Adam from a uh, Satanic Panic. Fuck they wound yeah. up showing up and um, check out their new song, The Ripper. While you're at it, yes. Which actually we we teased it last episode. It'll be at the end of this episode. Fuck yeah, but no. Uh, and actually, by the time this episode comes out, they'll be playing tomorrow night at the Rim. Hell yeah. <laughs> I cannot wait. Busy, busy, busy. We're, but not to get too far off on that. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. But um, but yeah, so uh, we finished up at Liars Club in Camino, and uh, that was their debut show. Yeah. They rocked. And um, Bad Mother was there, and of course, they were killed it. And I wound up seeing uh, Carly from um, The Rumors there, too. Yeah, shout out to Carly if she's listening. So that was really awesome to see. And, and again, the crowd was just really cool. We got some really good footage. And um, we drove out a little bit that uh, we drove out a little bit further that way um, before taking a pit stop, and I can't I can't find exactly where that wound up being. But, Just uh, middle of nowhere in the Midwest. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of in between. It was in between Cincinnati and Rockford. We didn't want to make it all the way to Rockford um, because we are going to Green Bay the next day, and that was going to put us too far off track according to Nigel or something. I forget either way. Either way, we had to find something between Cincinnati and Rockford. Right. So that's where we stopped. And then the very next day, uh, we picked up a buddy of Nigel's and um, 
I I'm I'll pull up his uh name because I, I I should have did that immediately. You're, because so, you're a terrible person. Alex. I am. I'm horrible because <laughs> as soon as I went to uh open my mouth to say his name, I went uh nope. hey man yeah no i'm not gonna remember but uh dallas uh yeah we uh, picked up a buddy of his name dallas hall and uh he was from phoenix and uh <laughs> sorry <laughs> and uh he rode on up with us to, uh, to green bay and the reason the green bay show was so exciting is because that was the night tuck was opening for cheap trick yes and there i can't explain the night and day difference between Liars Club and Epic Event Center go, in Green Bay, Wisconsin. You go from the outhouse to the White House. No shit, dude. <laughs> like you know, the the uh, the dressing rooms for all the bands were really nice, but the the venue itself, the sound was pretty good. Like uh, sound check sounded really good. Uh, the live show for Tug, the, the audio was really good for the most part, and honestly, they sounded better than Cheap Trick did really and like someone from their camp even like kind of leaned over and was like y'all's band had a better sound for the set i was like really they're like and they're like listen i was like huh yeah i guess so it's like i really started paying attention i was like damn yeah i guess you're right shaking off those uh everybody in that in the uh the crew of the bands just shaking off those first night jitters yeah i think they had played like a couple times before I, i think robin was even like mistaken on that i think he said like We've only done one show before this since lockdown, and I think like Rick walked over and went two or something like that. So they, 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 all their memories are fuzzy. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. So yeah, they're a little bit back and forth on it. And then of course uh, the usual is if Tuck uh, winds up opening for him, they, uh, he gets to hop up and do a surrender. But this time the whole band hopped up. That's uh, and uh, kind of joined in with the fun because usually Tuck just gets up there with the guitar and you know plays with Rig and everyone else. But Nigel was up there with his shakers with uh, next to Dax uh, and. Uh, <laughs> by the last chorus Ricky and um, uh, Shane had come running out and they were like singing backups and everything so it was just an awesome little fun party and um the next day we wound up just hanging out in Rockford because there was like this big festival thing going on it was like a mixture between a fair and like live music show but the most fucked up thing <laughs> That day, which was like I said, it was an off day. Uh, the band wasn't playing or anything. We were yeah. just hanging out and just enjoying ourselves. The most fucked up thing was whatever band was playing before Cheap Trick, I thought they were joking when they oh, said this. Okay. I thought they were joking. They were not joking. Uh, they had already been playing like a handful of covers the entire time. And you can hear them no matter where you are in the uh, ballpark. It was some real big like uh, ballpark field. Uh, th- there's like a big like stage set up on one side, um, food vendors up on the top. And then as soon as you exit it, when you go out into the parking lot, there was like a makeshift like fair thing. Okay. So it was like this really big event. So no matter where you were, basically in the proximity, you could always hear the band. So we were hearing it. And the vocalist says something like all right guys uh do we have time to play one more song for you and of course I'm like, all right what if that last song is 20 minutes long and everyone started like kind of laughing and cheering again yeah 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 and they're like all right here's our super rock star medley and no joke they played for 20 minutes straight playing like 30 to 45 second snippets of 
any song you can imagine oh god so it's like the classic rock fucking you know oh my god it, it was literally they took the top 40 playlist figure out figured out little catchy segments of each one and played it <laughs> everything from like uh land down under to rock and roll all night um to fucking like um free bird oh my god yeah they they actually oh my god, I was they joking. did <laughs> no they did do the little solo section in free bird uh for a couple seconds the they use that as like a little interlude part uh to build up to another uh exciting part oh no more mr nice guy segment um cheap trick <laughs> no no i was paying attention to that they didn't do any cheap trick i was listening for a surrender or i want you to want me wouldn't that have been some shit <laughs> oh that would have been some bullshit but no they didn't pull that off but no uh God. and even weird shit i don't know if i said it or not but they even played like a couple seconds of like whip it okay <laughs> so they were doing like everything from like the 70s and 80s man it was it was insane <laughs> we don't want a 20 minute so if you're gonna do an encore just do two or three songs you know yeah no it was an entire fucking medley to, to the point where um <laughs> when we were walking out um the drummer was starting up uh rock and roll all night and motherfucker was going that's not the beat. Uh-uh. He was throwing this fucking double kick bullshit. Of course in, he was. And immediately, me, Nigel, and Ricky all like snap our heads to where the uh, music is coming from. And Nigel's the first one to vocalize it. He goes, "What is up with the fucking double kick?" And I was awesome. like, "Okay, I'm not going crazy then." Everybody's just like, "No, fuck that guy." <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So whatever the fuck that guy was doing, he just needed to not <laughs> anymore. <laughs> I always joke around with uh, playing like cover sets. Like if somebody yells "Free Bird," I'll be like, "Want to look at him?" Be like, "Don't tempt me. I'll do it. <laughs> I'll play the the twenty minute live version, and I'll let everybody know that you asked for it. <laughs> <laughs> you can thank." that gentleman right there yep and that uh, will get him on stage with us <laughs> and and of course had to have a uh, cheese curds when we we're in uh wisconsin uh, it's like well green bay is wisconsin rockford is illinois but it's still fucking close enough it's all like all around there it's still kinda all like, cheese area it's kind of like kansas city or some shit like that yeah, all, it, it, honestly it felt like monroe to charlotte yeah, that's really what it felt like. So I, I considered all of it cheese area from Chicago all the way up to Green Bay. It's just cheese. Oh, dude. Absolutely. But yeah, no. So um, had some legit cheese curds up there, and yeah, it tasted different, and it was a lot fucking better. I was I'm sure it was delicious. It was amazing. So. And uh, cheap trick that night honestly was better than the Green Bay show. Like I don't know what it was. Like they they just. It was better. <laughs> Merch Girl was just like, y'all sounded sh like shit last night. Do better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, I just, I really enjoyed the second show. The second show kind of changed my mind on a couple little things because uh, we'll kind of put a pin in that story to kind of break away some. When I was watching Cheap Trick that first night, as much as Robin still had his voice and everything else, the one thing that was still getting me was you could very clearly tell they were aging they yeah. weren't they weren't getting around the stage very quickly uh rick had problems getting guitars on and off certain was like like the five neck one or whatever like he had to have his roadie really help him to get it on and off you know and i'm sure it can be stuff seen in any video footage i'm sure i'm not breaking any ground or you know no. throwing any dirt any of that bullshit so it's like 
when it comes to a band like that, at what point do you really have to go, guys, it's time? I know it. And they were, for a long time, they were that band, one of the few bands that didn't, you know, that didn't feel like they stuck around to the party for too long. Mm-hmm. That they still had, you know, they're still singing in standard tuning they're still you know and they are they still are and robin still has his voice and rick wasn't messing up on guitar or nothing so it's like you know they, they were still all on it and that's great and that's great but it's like you hate to see you, you hate to see that in bands that you love because because we've all seen bands i'm sure everybody's seen bands where you just see them on stage and you're like they're 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 old it's like it, it, they could be good but you're just sitting there going like oh they're old yeah <laughs> it's like it's just that simple which is like they're not the you know superhero band i fell in love with when i was a teenager or anything like that and like with cheap trick that was only the second and third time i had seen them the only other time i got to see them was at a speed street years ago where i conflated that story and thought other people were there but either way i know i was at the goddamn show that's been confirmed yeah <laughs> <laughs> i know i was there um so yeah i i remember seeing them then and of course that was you know well over 10 15 years ago at this point god yeah, uh, <laughs> and it's like they didn't really seem that old then, but just for some reason, like really seeing them, you know, at the Green Bay show, being kind of up that close and really getting to take it in. I don't know. It just it kind of, and then hearing them not being one hundred percent. Like I said, the next night changed my mind a little bit. Yeah, but not hearing them one hundred percent on that first night with the visual did just kind of sink me a little and just be like. Man, you hate yeah, to see your fuck. you hate to see your favorite band look tired. Yeah, and, well, and it even hit me in a certain weird way because I wouldn't have ever considered Cheap Trick a favorite band. I 100% respected them and loved them. I loved, you know, hell, I even like Dream Police, and I know that gets a little bit of you know poking now. I you love know? that song, but it's still a great song. So it's like you know, I, I like a good handful of the hits, and seeing these two shows definitely made me more of a fan. But going into it, I was definitely more of a casual fan. But even being the casual fan and respecting it and even being like oh, fuck yeah I get to see them again still even let me on that ooh I wasn't expecting this ooh yeah. oh no oh no <laughs> I'm trying to think of like bands I've seen recently that kind of like uh, that kind of like felt that kind of gave me that feeling or whatever probably Kiss but I expected that you know it's like the Kiss show like nothing I saw a couple years ago not to bring we keep bringing it back to Kiss I know but like none of it really like fucking uh, surprised me about any of it it was fun and it was uh, you know I got the show you know I got the Paul Stanley raps and Mm -hmm. you know we got the big confetti show that was about it it it's like nothing like you know blew me away and nothing really disappointed me because we all knew what what to expect going in vocal wise and sound wise yeah and I was roughly the same way when I saw Kiss too it's like it was about what I expected if not maybe just a little like underwhelming for because i'd always heard it's like oh the youtube videos never do it justice oh the dvds and the cds records never do it justice so i was like expecting to kind of be a little bit more floored than i was (laughs) so it's like in fact i kind of maybe went in with a little bit too high of expectations but it's like after i tempered the high expectations in retrospect i go okay yeah that was about what i should have expected (laughs) yeah somebody kind of like really impressed me uh, that I didn't expect to be really good was uh, Billy Idol and his band when I saw him at Carolina Rebellion a few years ago. Of course, like Billy Idol's 
a vocalist that's you know is not very demanding his style is very low register and very you know jim morrison for lack of a better term but he and his band were fucking great really yeah mm-hmm. they were one of the highlights of the festival that day yeah and and there's been bands that have definitely kind of blown me away like anytime i saw doyle love yeah that was always a great show it, and i don't think the records do that band justice i think they're a live show for sure but yeah and and cheap trick won me back over at rockford um huge huge fucking crowd i mean like I filled think, up the entire fucking ballpark it was huge i think rockford was where they actually formed because they had an album that came out in like the 2000s where it was called rockford and mm-hmm. it was all about uh paying homage to where they came from and everything they said uh rick says something like uh on stage about um uh robin being like born like four miles from there or something like that or, be, or like something connecting to him being four miles away or whatever so yeah that was like right's epicenter basically where they kind of all started out the heartland if you will yes he's witnessed them getting like the key to the city and all that stuff too and it was pretty cool that's pretty badass but yeah no so that, that was fun and then um yeah just the following day um Hep back in the van and uh, drove back out to Chicago and flew out from Chicago back to Charlotte and then got back here and then got back to work again. <laughs> Rock and roll doesn't Promoting villain <laughs> shit. Yeah, dude. How was that O'Hare air, uh, airport? Pretty intense or was uh, it pretty laxed? <laughs> not lax. Not, maybe lax is not the right no, word. No, I wasn't but, uh, in L.A., sir. <laughs> what? LAX, lax. Anyway, so... I neglected to tell you this, and I'm glad you brought it up because I would have totally forgotten. But I tested, texted Tony about it. I have been to O'Hare before. Oh, yeah? Yes, I had. Um, because, actually, correction, the time I was in um, Chicago um, wasn't for um, uh, Angry Youth. It was when we got flown out there to open for Slash. Oh. That was the same airport that... Um, Adam, Cam, and I flew back from when Tony stayed up there. Okay. That was the same airport we stayed, uh, flew back from because I got mega fucking deja vu when I was up there, dude. It's like when I was, because I was just walking through, I was trying to figure out my base and all that stuff. And it's like, and as soon as I walked in, I immediately kind of had like that. This feels familiar, but it's very different from Charlotte Douglas and Nashville. Why does this seem familiar? Huh, whatever. <laughs> so it's like, I, and, and it's like, I, it wasn't until I made it down to the almost to my bay where it's like, I looked over and I went, oh, fuck. For some reason, a, a line of seats immediately jogged my memory and like the way it looked outside and everything else. I immediately flashed back to uh, we were getting out of the limo that we had rented for us. We didn't pay for anything. It was all rented for us. Don't think we were big dicking up in here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, weren't, we weren't spending money on goddamn limos. We weren't that fucking bougie. <laughs> Guitar Center was, right? <laughs> yeah, Guitar Center was. Ernie Ball was. Ernie Ball. Yeah, yeah. Ernie Ball was. Uh, so Ernie Ball um, paying for our limo to get back to the um um uh airport uh we remembered oh fuck we've got a fifth of whiskey still in the bag and you can't take alcohol on the plane no. <laughs> you can't take any liquids on the plane you can tell you f- that's the biggest fucking ripoff by the oh, way i know it. side I side tangent you can't take any air you can't bring any you can't bring in any liquids but you can buy whatever the fuck you want once you get into the airport. You, know, you can buy liquor, fucking, you can get fast food. You can eat fast food on the goddamn plane, but you goddamn take in a water bottle. <laughs> you know what the hack is, though? It's like if you need to bring, like, fucking eye drops or fucking, like, liquids like that. 
Ziploc bags. Well, yeah. I mean, I've never run into there. They always talk about like bottles of water and like right. outside food and stuff. I'm just talking about that. How that's some fucking bullshit. You bring in liquids. You still got to seal not, that. You still got to seal hack. that shit up. I never have. Oh, they did it to me one time. Where it's like, you can't take this. I'm like, I need my fucking eye drops. I wear contacts. That is weird as shit, dude. Yeah. Like, like dead ass. Like both m- handful of times I've flown recently, I've flown with a um, a little handbag and a book bag, and the little front pocket in my book bag. I literally just toss my travel toothbrush, my toothpaste, my extra e liquid battery, like all my extra crap in there, and just zip it up. Yeah, maybe it's just Memphis. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just zip that bitch up. The only things that uh, they really have me do is um. I have to take my laptop out of the book bag, set it to the side, put the book bag beside it, and then just empty pockets, put that in a separate thing, take shoes off. Huh. Yeah. Hell, hell, I've flown with CBD gummies. They didn't ca- catch that. I fl- remember I flew back in from Newark yeah. uh, with the tank and the gummies. Good to know. Yeah. So it's like, like I said, an e-liquid bottle that's like half empty. You know, it's like as long as it stays under the certain milli. I mean, were you carrying around a fucking, you know, two liter bottle of fucking eye drops or something? No. <laughs> I mean, it feels like a little the industrial tr- fucking like I got fucking glaucoma shit. <laughs> okay. Were you, was it a bag you were checking in? Uh, no, it was just like backpack, you know, I had my shaving kit and everything. Was too. it, was it a bag you were checking in? Meaning uh, like giving to them to put a tag on and no. put in the airplane or were you, it was it still it was just carry on your on. person? Okay. In that, in that case, just put it in your pocket. Yeah. I'll do that next time. <laughs> yeah. Just put it in your pocket. <laughs> I'm sitting here going, I'm like, they can't really do shit if it's just in your pocket. <laughs> it's just a fucking eye drops. But anyway, Cause, back because the because uh, I well seriously because I get like super paranoid on this shit, so I did like mega research uh, on all this crap before flying and stuff just to even see what I could possibly get away with. And uh, but seriously, uh, if it's just liquids and stuff like that, uh, if it's something that'll fit in your pocket or like in your carry on bag, you're gonna be totally fine. It's only the stuff that you wind up having to check in that you can't have like batteries and your liquids have to be all in a, a specific bag at a certain size and all that because think about it why would they do that at the same time allowing you to step onto an airplane with a soda cup yeah. which they let you do yeah the- so think on the logic on that i want to say they were thinking that bag was going to be checked and if it's going to be checked it's going to be in a pressurized cabin and when it gets especially pressurized because it's not for regular humans being in there that pressurization can cause certain things to pop open and leak. And that's when they want it in the Ziploc baggies and everything else. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Now it's, 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 it's weird. <laughs> it's fucking weird, but <laughs> there's way too much fucking looking and all this. And there's, and I'm still going to get shit wrong. And people are still going to send me a message going, well, you did all that research and you're still wrong because it's actually it's not 30 milliliters. It's going to be like 25.5. Shut the fuck up. Whatever. You know, you know, you know where a, a man's gets his uh, water. From well, actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and side note, little, little, mm, little deviation. One more time, I get sick of mansplaining. Is that still? Is that, people it's just still called, say that. It's just called. I, it's just called splaining. Splaining. I don't. I don't give a fuck who it is. I have met more women have to go well actually and tell me mm-hmm. shit than a fucking man has. So I'm sick of this fucking mansplaining bullshit. No, you're a fucking idiot and if you weren't an idiot I wouldn't have to fucking explain it to you. So <laughs> shut the fuck up and read a book like I don't. <laughs> like I said in, earlier in the episode. 
I was like, but you don't read though. <laughs> Audiobooks. <laughs> research. I don't read books, but I honestly I do do a lot of research. Like a lot of like cross-referencing stuff and being like, you know, because I don't take Google at face value at all. So it's like, what does this say? Okay, now what does this say? You mean now you what does this say? You mean you can't find uh you know if you have cancer from Dr. Google or Professor uh, Wikipedia? No, not from WebMD. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, uh it was cool at the airport, flew on back, no problems. Um it was weird though flying out of charlotte heading to nashville i don't know what it was and i've been in many a plane as i mentioned flown a plane this motherfucker was corkscrewing going up oh shit yeah is like, i felt us like constantly leaning to the right for like forever <laughs> and you know how you could tell you're on an incline versus you know when you level out yeah I, I, we were on an incline, man. We were like corkscrewing up. And I'm like, what the fuck are we doing? We're just going like straight up in the air. We're not going anywhere. We're supposed to be like going to destination while reaching altitude. What are we doing? So we got a plane. Just Somebody's just drunk flying the other plane doing the Denzel Washington thing, you know, flipping it around and shit like that. Yeah, it's like it wasn't anything crazy, but it's like, you know, being very aware of my surroundings and my center of gravity, I could definitely feel that we were leaning to the right and at an incline and I'm like okay math tells me if we stay in this position long enough we're gonna reach the same point but just higher in the air <laughs> fucking Ma Maverick's up there just flying just go with danger zone in the background <laughs> Jesus Christ yeah so now it was fine and all landings were fine I've never been I've never been too afraid of flying I haven't either I, that's never been like too much of a thing for me like every so often if we hit like a lot of turbulence and i mean a lot like to the point where like motherfuckers are you know bouncing and you hear like the overhead shaking then i'll get a little like what's going on are we going through a rain cloud <laughs> you know I'll be like what's happening but no unless we hit like a bunch of turbulence or like i see motherfucking wings kind of bouncing a little bit too much I'm good. I, you know how many times... There's a reason we hear about plane crashes. Because there's so few. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> That's a reason we hear about them all the fucking time. It's because there are so many in the air and there are so few. So it's like, compared to how many car crashes... You should be more fearful of being in a car. Exactly. It's like that statistic is very, very real. Yes. It's like the, the statistics of you surviving a car crash versus a plane crash is also very skewed. So it's like, it's also yeah. the situation of, well, if you are in that situation and you are going down, they ain't. There's like maybe a 25% chance you're going to be okay. Give me versus a car ride where like there's a 25% chance you'll die. Because, you know, 75% of all statistics are made up. <laughs> just give me that oxygen mask and just fucking just uh, put me, uh, give me all that euphoria before I fucking go out, man. <laughs> God, is that what we've turned into? The Ron White bit used to be uh, light them up because we're going down. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of that part in Flight Club where Brad Pitt's just telling Edward Norton's like, oxygen gets you high and yada yada in that whole fucking scene. Oh, my God. You, you haven't flown since lockdown, have you? I have not. Okay. There is a, and I'm saying new, even though it's been forever since I've flown, and the only times I really have been flying is actually since lockdown, um, but very much clearly a new announcement uh, for the intercoms. Oh, do tell. I'm interested. <laughs> As you're sitting there 
suffering through the poor, poor flight attendant going through how to say, you know, do the, yeah, here, here, here's your flotation device. Here, here's your seat belt with the little thing going on over the speaker. It's like, but, but thankfully now at least they have a mask. Yeah. So it's like, you know, they, they, the, the constant like semi frown is at least a little bit more hidden. You only have to read it in the eyes the and the eyes are dead. <laughs> yes. Yes. The, the dead eyes with the Stepford wife <laughs> grin, at least they can now drop the grin and still just have the dead eyes. So she's going through the whole thing, you know, here's the life preserver, here's the oxygen. And the reason I know it's new is because it was a part of the pre-recorded. It talks about, you know, in, in, the, in the case of emergency, you know, there, there's oxygen masks that will deploy. You know, please, uh, please get your own oxygen mask on before, you know, tending to children, yada, yada, yada. Do you, know, do you understand the theory I- behind that? Uh, the auction before the children. Yeah, there's a theory. Uh, did not well explain, please. Well, just just use a little bit of self deduction. So, why would you put on your own oxygen before a child's? Uh, to secure your safe seat. I mean, point seat. I'm trying to think like the logic behind it. I mean, secure your safety, and then mm-hmm. uh, you know, secure the person but, well, next to you. What's what's a child going to do to help you? Nothing. Exactly. Yes. Get your own oxygen on so you can yeah. help other people more efficiently. <laughs> I was prepared for an exam. I wasn't either <laughs> when I first heard it, but then I started thinking about it and processing it, and I'm like, huh, that makes sense. <laughs> but yeah, no, so after all that, the announcement thing comes on, and it's the actual pilot, and he goes, Thank you again for riding, uh, flying American Airlines with us. Just a quick side note. Uh, we are still in accordance with uh, CDC guidelines, so we do require all masks being on during your flight at all times. You may remove your mask temporarily for a quick bite to eat or to take a sip of your drink, but please put the mask back up on uh, as soon as you're finished. Also, as a note, in the case of an emergency, if oxygen masks do come down, please remove your mask before putting on your oxygen mask. <laughs> and I'm like, oh okay. my god. <laughs> you have to t- Tell people to take off their fucking COVID mask before they put on their oxygen mask? Wow! Yeah. <laughs> but then also sit here going, well, we did just have this brain teaser, so real quick. So, Cap, real quick, if you are on a plane, <laughs> I quit. I quit. <laughs> That worked too well. I'm sorry. <laughs> but no, I, that that blew my fucking mind that they had to say that. Like, I don't talk to people on a plane. First time I heard that, I looked right over next to, to the guy beside me. I could tell he was, like, kind of confused, too, and I kind of mouthed at him. I was like, really? Like, <laughs> I was like, really? And he just kind of, like, looked at me. He's like, shook his head, yeah, with, like, a little shrug, like, yeah, it's fucking nuts. <laughs> Oh my god, what fucking Karen? What Karen is gonna be sitting there with the plane going Alex, down? Alex, leave the Karens alone. It's <laughs> gonna be sitting there with the plane going down and then being like, this oxygen mask ain't working too well. <laughs> Bitch, you got your fucking COVID mask on. Uh, yeah, just doubling up. <laughs> Yeah, no, that just, oh my god, I don't... That's probably happened already or something like that. I know, and that's the reason it annoys me. It isn't because they're sitting here being like, oh, well, you know, for, for you know, uh, legal purposes we need to say this because it just feels like common sense would dictate you just do that. No. But, exactly what you said, dude. Somebody had to have done that and, like, started some shit. Yeah, it's the reason why, you know, there's warning labels on shit is because people fuck themselves up with it and they're like okay well we have to warn these idiots not to do x y and z it's like, it's, we don't want to get sued so. Yeah, so so now i'm curious to know what time at what time 
Or you know what? Ooh, I bet you, here's a variation. This might have fucking happened too. Someone may have heard that and immediately started making a fuss. Probably. Well, how are we going to use our oxygen mask if we have to keep our face masks on? Uh, yeah, Karen. Uh, or it, it I'll go back to ma- shitting on the Karens. See, uh, Cap, be nice to the Karens. <laughs> <laughs> Leave the Karens out of this, man. Her name was probably Monica. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Monica's. <laughs> I mean, now, and honestly, dude, if you're able to catch the right uh, price on the flight... I'm I'm starting I want to start flying more because <laughs> because I, I start looking at prices and I start kind of doing additions on like gas and shit and I'm like well depending on the distance <laughs> flying is a lot smarter <laughs> I'll, I'll fly to Nashville before I drive anymore <laughs> say if I'm just going in just for like a week or something to hang out or whatever about how far of a drive is that let's see two hours from let's see four hours to Knoxville yeah it's easily like a uh, four hour drive. That's or not, not four, not four, eight. So it's like four. Oh, okay. I'm like, because it's four from here to Knoxville, and Knoxville's no, it's more like six and a half. Okay, that's not still. That's still not too terrible. No, and you but gain the, an hour you, and everything. I was gonna say, oh my god, yeah. I was gonna say the time change. Oh my, mm, that fucked me up, bad dude. Night, day one, day one <laughs> on the road. In the middle of the night, it's like I'm trying to catch like a little bit of a sleep, and it's like. We were straddling the time zone. So it's like at one point I'd look at my watch and it'd be like 10 something. And I'd look at it again and it'd be 11 something. But then it'd be like close to like 11, like 59. <laughs> so then it's but like, wait, what's wrong? What happened? <laughs> well, well, but, but then, or like we would get to the hour that would be like at like 10 50 or like 10 55. Yeah. So then by the time like that hour swapped over, then it was like almost three hour shifts, like kind of like hopping around for a second, like for a second, it said 10 something. Then it was midnight. Then it was 11. It was like, Oh my God, <laughs> I'm going to lose my mind. What fucking time is it? <laughs> this is in the span of like how many, like how many minutes with those, uh, that time zone kind of, str- uh, off and on for about 40 minutes. Oh, that's rough. Yeah. Or, or I think, <laughs> I think could have been, could have been, could have been 40 minutes, could have been an hour, 40 minutes. I'll fucking know. <laughs> and the reason I don't fully know is because it was around the time I was just, Cause you know when you're kind of in that sleep phase of like not fully falling asleep, but like falling asleep for like two minutes at a time, kind of shit. Yeah. I was kind of doing that, so it was like I was kind of dozing out for a few minutes, waking back up, and I'd like doze out for like maybe twenty minutes, wake back up. So it's like, but maybe I dozed off for an hour. I don't fucking know. <laughs> it was a weird time, man. <laughs> I was time traveling and shit. I don't fucking know. I'm just picturing Tuck, just picturing Tuck fucking with you too. He's like, hey man, we're in the future now, <laughs> or some God. shit like that. <laughs> No, uh, there wasn't too much fucking around going on, but this question was posed in the van, um, and I think I intentionally didn't ask you uh, just to kind of see what you thought, uh, just kind of bring it up on the show. But um, it, there was a stretch of time in which uh, we saw all these really big um, uh, windmills, uh, yeah. air turbine things kind of like generating power. Sorry, Davey. Sorry, Tyler. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, but it, but it went for a long fucking time, like miles, like a, like a farm of this shit. And... Um, these were like really big ones. Like we we've seen some in like West Virginia and stuff. Yeah. And these honestly seemed a little bigger. And the base of them where the engine lies honestly feels like the width of this apartment, like all the way down. It seemed like it was about like that big. Right. Which then posed the question 
how much would it would someone have to pay you to live in that for a year? Like hypothetically, the engine wasn't in it. Yeah, but like. How much would someone have to pay you for you to live in that in a year for a year? Ooh. Now the stipulations that were uh, the rules and stipulations that were given in the van were um, food would be given to you, but it would be taken out of your pot at the end of the year. But you could have whatever you wanted. So you could either live, you know, the lap of luxury, you know, steak and lobster every single night, still going to be taken out of your pot at the end of the year, or you could still just, you know rough it you know peanut butter jelly sandwiches you know xyz you know either way your expenses would still come out but um internet would be free tv would be free all that stuff uh you would be allowed to leave in the afternoon but you couldn't like stay at a friend's house every night you would have to return back to the uh windmill but i couldn't go out and visit anybody you could go out and visit people all day long but at night you would always you 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 could not spend the night at anyone's house. People could come over to your place, but you would not be allowed to spend the night anywhere. Every night you would have to come home to your wind turbine. Okay, because I've never seen what the inside of one looks like or it, like the brother. Uh, this is a hypothetical. The inside is a purely an engine. I said at the beginning of this, let's pretend there's not an engine in there, and it's the fucker. In- <laughs> it's the size of inter- this apartment. <laughs> I've got, but I've got internet. I've got food. Anything I want to eat. Yes, within reason. Uh, if it starts getting crazy again, they're just they're just gonna get pulled out of your pot. Okay, so not like Ruth Chris every day or some shit like that. So yeah, no, no, no. I mean. Pfft, to live in that now i was picturing like uh and you don't get the money drip fed to you you get it at the end of the year okay because because that was my other thing too and i when when, I, when tuck was asking me that i was like well it could be this price and you know especially if it's being drip uh, drip fed to me throughout the year he's like no 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 you don't get this cash throughout the year he's like you get it at the very end he's like at the very end of all this when we when he's like after you finish signing my contract when i visit you in a year letting you know you don't have to live there anymore is when i give you your check you know, with your balance. All right, bare minimum five hundred grand. Really? Yeah. I said a cool million. Cool million. Yep. I said an absolute million. I said if I'm gonna walk out, I said if I'm gonna do that for a year, I'm gonna walk out of there a millionaire. I'm just picturing easy right there. I'm just picturing the uh, the movie The Lighthouse, mm. where they're uh, it's uh, if you haven't seen it yet, or if anybody hadn't seen seen it yet, it's just about uh, it's just two guys just living in an island in a lighthouse together. Then the two of them just like you know not getting along, not you know. Uh, it's a, it's supposed to be like an allegory for like another Greek uh, Greek myth or whatever too, mm. but you know at its core, it's two guys living together in a in a lighthouse that do not gel at all. Yeah. Well, again, you you wouldn't have to deal with anyone. I mean, and that's one, kind of the and one of the things too. And one of the things Tuck was even saying, he's like, you know, uh, since you've got good internet, you know, Zoom writing sessions, you yeah. know, so you know, so you can keep writing with people, you know, doing all your online stuff, you know. So you know, he was like, you you can still do, you know, make your own means, make your own ways, like, but you know, you're not going to get any financial compensation until the very end of it when you're done with all of this. Because I was also kind of going, I was like, well, if it's drip drip fed to me, I can also take that entire year to plan. I can start using some of that money and start applying it to things to where as soon as I'm free from my, you know, windmill hell, you know, I <laughs> windmill can jail. <laughs> yeah. When my windmill jail, I can start really applying it to shit. He's like, well, you just do all that as soon as you get out. He's like, he's like, the only planning you get to do is on, you know, pen and piece of paper and online. He's like, you don't get to do anything with money. Yeah. I was like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. So you're not, yeah, you don't get to do anything. Other than you know getting out and doing whatever, but you don't do anything real fun for a year either. So yeah, because again, every night you still have to return back. And this is in the middle of fucking nowhere in what Wisconsin or uh... yeah. But the hypothetical, I don't think we kind of landed on where the uh, windmill had to be. 
Okay. It was just you had to live in it. And what was funny, I I first said um, uh, five hundred thousand. Yeah. I initially said that too. I said five hundred thousand with an elevator. <laughs> and he goes, motherfucker, you don't get an elevator. <laughs> And I said, what? I'm allowed to have internet. I'm allowed to have food delivered to me. He's like, yeah, but you don't get an elevator. What? Because here's the thing. You look at that thing. That is a tall motherfucker. I was going to say. And I told him, I was like, talk about vertigo climbing up there every fucking night. He looks out there. He's like, you can get up there in about maybe three, five minutes if you boogie. I was like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. I said, I want an elevator. He's like, you're not getting an elevator. I said, Fine, a million. <laughs> <laughs> That's your workout every morning, just walking those yeah, stairs. Yeah, like I literally doubled my price just because I couldn't get an elevator. <laughs> <laughs> fine, a million then. <laughs> Seriously, I was like, fine, a million. So if I'm going to be climbing up and down that thing every fucking time, a million. <laughs> so that's going to be a TV show now. Somebody just living in a windmill for a year, like Survivor Man or some shit. It's the most boring show ever. <laughs> well, at that point, it wouldn't have to be a windmill. It could just be whatever that high up. Because again, the all that is inside that thing is just a big ass engine you yeah. know there's, there's no room for anything it was just the looking at it it looked about the size of like this living room and kitchen put together so it was like if you gutted it you know and lived up there how much would it you know someone have to pay you to live up there for a full year yeah yeah and Tuck's just like no I make the rules no elevators <laughs> yeah yeah no no I was having to deal with a very interesting landlord that was willing to give me whatever food I was willing to have but not in an elevator so whatever <laughs> <laughs> see if you take an elevator you'll be a fat ass by the end of the year <laughs> right 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 <laughs> no uh, and that and i the reason i like those is like i see a lot of that shit like on facebook there'll be like this beautiful mansion and it'll be like you know um would you live in this mansion for a year for a million dollars there's no internet there's no cell service but food is brought to you in xyz i'm always just like Yes, I was gonna say, don't. Isn't that what billionaires do anyway? Yeah, I'm sitting here going, I'm like, okay, I'm I'm getting paid a crazy amount of money to live in the lap of luxury without internet Off for a grid. year. Uh, yeah, it's just just getting delivered to me. I don't need the fucking internet if I get weed delivered to me every day. AKA everybody, every rich billionaire before 1990, whatever. Yeah, I'm like, fuck that. It's like, and it's, and all, those photos are always like some beautiful scenic view with like some nice ass like ocean or pool next to it. I'm like, fuck the internet. If yeah. I've got this as my fucking backyard, all y'all can kiss my ass. Podcast done. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Alex? He's having a good it's fucking like he got time. the fuck out. He got his money in bail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, if that was my front yard, y'all kiss my ass <laughs> no i'd still wind up still doing it but it just in regards to that thing it's like no y'all can kiss my ass i'm i'm staying out there for a fucking year and come back and put some fucking money i'm setting up my fucking joe rogan fucking uh living room yeah. podcast area or whatever <laughs> people tell me how to eat elk meat and shit god but yeah no i i'll always see those and i always get so baffled when people are just like no no i couldn't do it without my phone no i couldn't do it and it's like you're 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 thinking about your current life without your phone. Your current life without your phone, yeah, it might be a little bit more tough. That life without your phone? You ain't gonna be thinking about your goddamn phone. <laughs> so we're at an age now where people don't have a life without their phone. 
you know, too. I mean, I can't say shit about it. I'm always on my phone. I'm always on the computer. So it's like I, I have I have absolutely zero room to judge or talk on that. It's like I I am case I am example A when they open up the fucking book and it's like you know someone always on their phone or the internet and it's like you know, photo one Alex Stiff Stiff Media. And it's like you know I am just always on this. I can't say anything well, about the, it. Well, the point to, of uh, getting this mansion and getting all this stuff served to you is that is uh, is the finish line it's like you won you don't have to right. reply to, you don't have to answer to anybody now you get to do whatever the fuck you want no but working on your train of thought of you know well people are just kind of you know addicted to their phones anyway I, so am i you know so I it's like too. so it's like i can't i really can't say anything about it you know the, that that little flat fucking computer that lives in our pocket you know fucking rules the life you know it rules our you know promotions it rules our friends it rules our media it rules everything our careers and all that shit too yeah so it's like man, I, I, I you know you can either get real you know how with it you know fucking you know the, the the computers are after us but then you can also look at it and be like well I do have the power. It's, it's, it's sitting right here next to me. I, I, I do. I can just do yeah. that. Yeah, and exactly. just walk away from it yeah. for a bit. I know people think about this whole conspiracy thing or whatever. It's like there is an off button. Yeah, it's like I, I can. You know, it's, it's, I'll intentionally because, uh, like for instance, with my watch, I can I, I can still listen to Spotify and stuff like streaming through my watch connected to my phone. Sometimes when I go on walks, I'll just connect my earphones up to the watch. And just stream Spotify like that. And just leave the phone here. That way, I'm just like I'm not fucking with the phone. You yeah. know, if, if someone calls, I can answer it through the watch mm-hmm. and, answer, and get in my earbuds. So it's like any quick things I would need to do answering a text, I can do. But what it does is it gets rid of the Facebook app. It gets rid of the Instagram app. It gets rid of all of the apps and brings it back down to basically a flip phone. Yeah, it's a flip phone with an iPod attached to my wrist. No notifications, no nothing. Well, I, I get notifications for stuff, but it's oh. like I can't open up Instagram. I can't open up Facebook. It'll just be like, "Hey, so and so commented on your shit on Facebook." By the way, oh cool, thanks. I can just hit dismiss. There you go. And then like Instagram, it'll be like, "Captain Nun commented on your shit." And I'm like, cool, dismiss. Yeah. It's like that's all I can do. It's like it'll just let you know, hey, someone did something. And the only other things I can do is I can reply to uh, text messages directly. Yeah. Uh, through my uh, watch but it's like but that's what I'll do sometimes it's like it gets rid of all of the excess and the bloat if someone has to get a hold of me they still can if I need to read something immediately I still can but outside of that I'm not browsing I'm not trying to scroll around and do stuff the, the little Spotify app on here is like literally what playlist do you want to listen to uh, this one do you want to shuffle it no okay go away <laughs> and that's like basically how it works <laughs> well, with the phone uh, being gone in your mansion Getting uh, all your stuff fed to you. How do you communicate now? Um, With no internet or what? Well, all right. So you don't have internet, but mm -hmm. do you still have like phone communication? If we're uh, Uh, usually in those ones, I usually see it's like you know no phone, no internet kind of thing. Okay, those are like the little Facebook shares I usually see. Uh, And honestly, I'll say this motherfuckers in this town are nosy to start with. (laughs) You ain't trying to tell me if I disappeared for like a fucking week. Motherfuckers wouldn't be like, where'd Alex go? Oh, he's in that fucking mansion. Which one? 
Motherfuckers wouldn't be trying to find it, showing up, acting like they were best fucking friends with me all of a sudden. Hey, man, can I use no. your pool? See, what, what do you mean? I wouldn't need a fucking phone. Motherfuckers would be finding me. That's what people forget about when they get money. You got to hire a fence. You got to build fences <laughs> and hire security to keep those motherfuckers out. Yeah. So it's like, no, if, if, if all of a sudden I was get, if I was on that fucking couple million dollar train for hanging out at the mansion, no, I wouldn't need a phone. Motherfuckers would be figuring out where I was. <laughs> yeah. Even if I didn't tell no. Mikey, Mikey would be figuring out where the fuck I was. He'd be like, where is he? <laughs> no, that's when you get like, I have an assistant. He has a phone. Yeah. <laughs> Mikey'd be like, where's this motherfucker at? I will find him. He'll start the Alex Diff, uh, search task force. <laughs> He'd be like, I'm finding this pool. Talk to my assistant, Jenkins. <laughs> He'll send a limo. <laughs> God. <laughs> But honestly, man, it's like we've all we've had, you know, the the talks of, you know, what would you do if you got the, the was, um, million dollar saying or like the to lottery? Ask. I wouldn't do the mansion. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't do the mansion. It's like I've been in the really big houses. I've got I'll add it to it, though. Uh, what's the most obnoxious thing you would do with a million dollars? With a million or a lottery? Because a lottery is usually more than millions. A, lottery. Yeah. The most obnoxious thing with fuck you money. OK, with fuck you money. OK. Mm. Probably purchase. Mm. I don't know. See, that's that's the weird thing. I really have to reach for something like that. And the reason being, I think it's partly just the way I grew up is I'm not very much a material person. You right. can't tell by looking at the stuff around me. But honestly, the stuff around me was very cheap things, and they all kind of lead into like the same kind of thing. But like, I'm not a guy that's like. I judge my self-worth or my value on material possessions, which is usually what leads to when people get the fuck you money, getting the ridiculous things that we now read about going like, oh my God, so-and-so celebrity bought a this? More than likely when they were growing up, they were very much a materialistic <laughs> person to the point where now they have to spend $10,000 on a diamond-encrusted iPhone to feel like they have any sort of value. Alex <laughs> Stiff bolts t 200 Kiss Pinball machines <laughs> that estimated around <laughs> well, $5 million. See, well, see, that was the thing. It's like my mind immediately went to like Kiss Pinball or a pinball machine because I really do love playing pinball. But even that, that's not like stupid amounts of money. I wouldn't have to have fuck you money to get that. You know, we have a friend that has one, you know? So yeah. it's like, you know, we don't have to have fuck you money to get a kiss pinball machine. No. We just we just really have to want a kiss pinball machine. <laughs> that's, that's basically all it comes down to. So honestly, it would have to be like one of those one of a kind items. Like it would, I would have to... I would start talking to hardcore collectors and probably the only major fuck you thing I could really think on spending money on is getting connected with someone that has original Ramones memorabilia. Yeah. And buying and being like, how much for Johnny's guitar? It's not for sale. You, you didn't hear me. <laughs> how much for Johnny's guitar? Yeah. <laughs> that, that kind of thing. You'd be like fucking, uh, what's the guy's name that uh, owns the Indianapolis Colts? He, his, I forget his name, but his whole thing is buying you know, uh, famous guitars at auctions and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think that would probably be the only big fuck you purchase I'd make is like, I, I'd, yeah, I'd want one of Johnny's guitars, regardless of who owned, unless it was like someone that was like, immediately connected to his family that still owned it if it was like a private collector or some shit i, I would just be like name your price <laughs> well it's not for sale motherfucker i said name your price yeah <laughs> you've not seen the bank account you don't know who you're talking to name your price oh two million fine 
<laughs> you know, uh, well, uh, three, fine. <laughs> It'd be like, I don't care. I'm about to live in a shack anyway. I just want Johnny's guitar. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. I'm not even buying a mansion. I'm just getting a getting a place off the getting a little cabin in the woods. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm building me a nice little studio. I'm hiring my buddy Captain Nun to fucking run the shit. And I'm buying this guitar, and it's gonna be the fucking headpiece that goes over the top of it. Now just tell me your fucking price. See, that's what I would do. I would just build something just out in the middle of nowhere, like in fucking Montana or some shit. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah, just some some nice little pretty little spot that wouldn't be too hard to get to via plane, train, automobile, and yeah, just do well, it. Well, sure, there are places here in North Carolina that are it could be some like nice little like uh, out of town, you know, you know, South spots Carolina to too. Yeah, yeah. There's there's plenty of really pretty stuff, or even just kind of around here. And and honestly, dude, it's like between like you know Atlanta and the Chicago area. I mean, East Coast is still kind of where is where it is right now. You hear a lot of people just kind of, you know, retiring to spots in North Carolina and things like that. That's what Andre the Giant did till, the, till his uh, remaining days. He had a little countryside spot, that, you know, where he could just walk around and be himself until, you know, his gigantism, you know, did him in. Yeah. But no, I just, I found that kind of interesting that about, about 10 years ago, everyone was moving out to the West Coast thinking, you know, that was where the next hotbed <laughs> of rock and roll was. And it's like, we just kind of stayed here and all of a sudden it started just kind of gravitating over because all of a sudden like the Midwest and middle of America started having this rock and roll pop and all of a sudden like the wave is starting to kind of hit the East Coast like starting a couple years ago and it's just like mm-hmm. all right Nashville in particular everybody from California is moving to Nashville people are just getting the fuck out of California in general especially from last year and people are getting the fuck out of New York too yeah and C- coming down here because of taxes and you know property values and things like that oh, even even like New York City, because apparently the city's gone back to shit again. I believe it. <laughs> Yay, old school New York. Yeah, basically. <laughs> no, even like to the point where like even old school New Yorkers are going like, the fuck, <laughs> fuck this. Yeah, it, like seriously, even old school New Yorkers are being like, it was never this bad, <laughs> kind of Jesus. shit. Or, or, be, or not even saying like it was never this bad, or being like, crime wasn't like this kind of thing like this is a new kind of crime this is a new breed of danger kind of thing a new a wow compared to like uh just cocaine and pimps and shit like that in the 70s to the best from what it felt like you know hearing stories on all that stuff for the most part unless you looked like a mark if you kept to yourself you were fine yeah these days it sounds like anyone and everyone is getting targeted yeah it doesn't matter who kind of thing like there's no more of the keep your eyes to yourself you know keep to yourself and more than likely you'll be fine kind of thing it's the it don't fucking matter anymore it just it's it's the flip of a coin type shit and nobody's doing anything you know government wise up in new york to do do anything about it but that's a whole other fucking podcast it it doesn't sound like it we're not from new york so we're extremely uneducated on it so take everything we say with a very much of a grain of salt and i've never never been up there either I've been to upstate New York, but I've never been to like Manhattan or like New York City or anything like that. I've seen the goddamn skyline twice. Uh, yet to be in just it. been teasing you <laughs> twice. Once was on that Angry Youth tour. Uh, we had gotten uh, we had driven from day one from Roanoke, Virginia, all the way up to somewhere in Jersey, somewhere in New Jersey, right on the right on the shoreline, and where we were playing at that night was basically a house and for some reason we had all climbed up to the uh, roof of the house and if we had got it, it was really clear night and we had gotten to a certain spot and uh the guy that was uh around the house party he was like all right guys 
that glow right over there. See that good little bit of you know white glow? He goes, that's New York, New York, baby. <laughs> and so it's like you know, it's like, it's like I saw the little glimmer of it then. And then a few months ago, when Tony and I flew out to Jersey uh, to do a little work for that one company, when we flew into Newark. Um, I, I can't approximate how many miles we were from it, but it was absolutely close, like to the point where it's like I could see cars within New York kind of thing. We were like so close to the skyline. So it's like I finally got to see it some coming in. And it was one of those things where coming in, it didn't like fully hit me. I was like, oh, wow, cool. That is New York. And, you know, getting out of the plane, still kind of seeing the skyline, even from a little bit further distance. I was like, oh, wow, that's cool. It wasn't until we were leaving that I was like, Damn it, this is the number two I've seen the fucking skyline and still didn't get to go in New York. I can't wait to start just traveling again just for leisure. Yeah, I'd like to travel for leisure. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I do it, I'm fucking stressed out the entire time. I know. Anytime we go out of town, it's for, you know, quote unquote work, you know. Yeah. Even though that last day in Rockford really was nice, that, that was a really good just kind of unwind day, especially just kind of hanging out with the guys and everything, especially um, Nigel, Ricky, and um, Shane. They're, they're really cool guys. So, yeah, this, that was real fun just kind of just being around all that for the weekend. I haven't done that, been to Nashville proper in a hot minute either. It's like I've been around and I've crashed around and, you know, seeing friends, but they don't live in Nashville proper. They live in, like, Murfreesboro and stuff like that. Yeah, no, where I got dropped off in Nashville, um, it, it, it honestly didn't it felt familiar it didn't feel like ooh I'm in Nashville you know this is like something it, it felt it just felt like a familiar place it felt like a combination between any other kind of city around here it felt a little Asheville it felt a little Charlotte it felt a little Atlanta it just kind of cross-pollinated everything. It just had a little bit of all of it. It's like the the most Nashville spot is that Music Row uh, walk. It's kind of like if you go to like Bourbon Street in New Orleans or like, you know, Beale Street in Memphis and something like that. That's the identity of, you know, that town. It's just like one street, but that's where all the little honky-tonk uh, bars and like, you know, sports bars and like music-themed bars, even though every band's playing the exact same playlist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, well, and see, and that's the thing too. I, I think that's also just maybe where I was in the city because the, I think the airport and also where uh, we were hanging out for most of the day is kind of like an Upper East um, Nashville. Yeah. So I think East Nashville was maybe a little bit more closer to kind of like, you know, Charlotte-y kind of thing and not maybe more upscale, closer to downtown. But, but even the airport itself, dude, I don't get it. Newark, um, the Chicago O'Hare Airport, um, Nashville, and... Charlotte Douglas. Out of all of those, Charlotte Douglas has been the nicest airport. I'd agree with that. It's very strange. I would, I would agree. I know, right? It's it's probably one of the better airports I've been I've been in. I know. I, I'm I'm always shocked by that because it feels like Charlotte Douglas is just kind of middle of the road. Yeah. Like it feels like it's like okay, this was a very nice airport at some point. It's still nice, but yeah, it could it, it could use a few updates here and there. But this is still nice. It's very kind of thing. Yeah, it is interesting. I, but then as soon as I started going around other places, I was like, God damn, Charlotte Douglas is nice. <laughs> you go to the Memphis airport, and it looks like it's the it was you're back in the '60s or some <laughs> shit like that. Yeah, National Airport. Um, it was in the middle of being renovated, mm. but like only a quarter of it was being renovated. Like I could still see, like y you know that yellowed old, the yellowed old, yellowed old. I'm not sure what you're talking about. Like off white yellowed. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, everything kind of had that off white yellowed old look to it. And I'm yeah. just like, God damn, y'all, <laughs> fuck. Like I, I ain't trying to be prissy or nothing, but like. 
airports are airports and like i i i i am a broke rock and roller okay I know that there are wealthy businessmen coming through these exact same footsteps that I'm walking through right now, also thinking the same thing. Like, I'm surprised with the amount of money that comes through these airports. We don't renovate them more. <laughs> like, I, I get Greyhound buses being a little shitty, you know? I get city buses being a little shitty. But, like, airports are, like, where, you know, celebrities fly, you know? And it's, it's like... Where, it's, 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 these are places where you're, like, coming you're traveling by air and you're coming in and you know i guess it's not it's nothing safety related or anything like that but you're coming into a new city it's got to be welcoming right exactly and, and i guess just my overall thought on it is like you know if you want to you know be classist on it it's like again i get greyhound buses you know kind of being a little bit more dingy the the, the tickets are dirt cheap but this, you is, know, Na- you, you but this get, is nashville it's nashville it's chicago it's newark which is right next to new york you know it's the, these aren't like tiny little podunk you know places they're destination spots yeah they're destination spots that you know anyone from you know someone like me that can scrape up the money to buy a plane ticket all the way up to you know big time a-list celebrities fly into these exact same airports so it just seems like again with the amount of like i can't since airplanes are more expensive, naturally you do have more high-class celebrities and you know people with money flying more often than you do them taking you know Greyhound buses. You're not going to see you know fucking Vince Neil taking a Greyhound bus. You no. know <laughs> that's my point. You're not going to see Mr. Wonderful from Shark Tank taking a Greyhound bus. No, <laughs> he's going to be flying in on his own private jet. I was going to say <laughs> to an airport. Yeah, to one of those airports. So it's like he may not be flying with the rest of us, but he's still coming into the same place. So it's like, again, it feels like with those kind of people that frequent these airports, these airports would be nicer. I don't get it. I don't know anything about the airport industry or what, uh, how they run or what their upkeep budgets are like or anything like that. But it is very interesting that Charlotte Douglas of all these airports is like the best, you know, just looks the cleanest. Yeah, too. it does. It looks and feels the cleanest. And, I, and I'm not trying to be snobby. I don't care. It was just an interesting thing I noted. Like, it's not going to change my flight habits. It doesn't change my opinion of airports being like, ooh, I don't want to fly into O'Hare anymore. It seemed dirty. Or I don't want to fly into Nashville anymore. It seemed run down and, you know, not renovated. When I fly into an airport, I want it renovated. Charlotte Douglas always I, feels like it's the busiest, too, anytime yeah, I land. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. Chicago is pretty busy. I can see that, Chicago too. is pretty busy. <laughs> <laughs> Try, trying to get down to my bay. I still got down there plenty, plenty of time, but it's like, even then there was, I found myself having to slow down with traffic more at that one than I did in uh, Charlotte Douglas. Like I was able to kind of weave my, I'm a fast walker. Yeah. I, I could kind of weave myself in and out of these fucking slow walkers pretty well. Not in fucking Chicago airport O'Hare. It was just, it was like, doom, doom, nuts to butts. Doom. Oh my God. Walk, walk. And, 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 and like, I'm arguing with myself. Cause like in the back of my brain, I'm going like, dude, you have two and a half hours before your flight. You're already checked in. You've already gone through security. All you gotta do is just walk down to the bay. It's, it's right down. You can literally see it. You're good. You, you have, you could stop right here and take a nap and you will still get, get on your plane. You're fine. But motherfuckers, move, move! You need to get out of my way. <laughs> no. All these fucking deep dish pizza eating motherfuckers just kind of just like no, it's not even that. It's motherfuckers looking down on their phone, not paying attention, and they've got their fucking little rolly bag things, but they don't have it up close to them. 
They've got it like three feet beside them, so oh, they're I taking up it's... like an additional person's worth of width. It's like they got a long tail behind them or some shit that you're trying not to fucking trip over. Yes, and it's like, and they have it behind them and off to the side. So it's like you can't get, and of course you're trying to keep distance because of COVID and shit, but at the same time, get the fuck out of the way if you're going to be walking that goddamn slow, especially because I'm not trying to get all up in your grill either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so no it's doubt. like, I would like to just fast walk and weave myself through you motherfuckers and just get away from you all <laughs> god damn god i want to i've talked about you know getting out and traveling a bunch you know you know last year or whatever I haven't done it outside of like uh you know band stuff or anything but i, I gotta make a destination spot before the end of the year mm-hmm. yeah you definitely need to i will say the biggest bitch of all uh, with having to fly in security checkpoints in the loading in the loading out any of that shit it's when you gotta pee and you're not and you've got all your fucking bags with you that is a son of a bitch i hate when i sit down i finally get relaxed checked in you know everything else and kind of get my little area situated about 30 minutes later oh fuck i gotta pee and you can't leave your shit there can't leave my shit there and it's like i'm eyeballing the bathroom and i'm going like there's a bathroom on the plane if i can wait like another hour we'll get loaded in we'll be in the air by the time we're in the air and we get leveled down, I'll just bolt to the very back, take a piss, and everything will be fine. Nope, nope, nope. I'm not going to make it that long. Fuck. Seal's broke. I'm, uh-huh, I'm just like, I'm going to lose my seat, motherfucker. I'm like unplugging all my shit, putting it all back in my bag, loading up everything. And now, simple, smooth brain motherfuckers think I'm getting up to like get ready to get on the plane so now I see like three other people getting up with me ooh there's my seat yeah yeah well no 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 not even ooh there's my seat I see three of them motherfuckers getting up thinking I'm about to get in line to like jump line mm. So it's like these, and so I'm just like fuckers. I'm not even doing that. I'm just going to the bathroom. So it's like once they like fully notice I'm going to the bathroom, they they like kind of do like the stopping midway. Look, look, looking around some look at their watch act, <laughs> nod walk back to their seat sit back down I'm like act, stop it just kind of like just like not just acting like they totally did not just try to uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, do that yeah yeah I'm like no don't 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 even it's stop like, it's stop like I'm making it. eye contact with a stranger at the bar and you're just like nope uh-huh. yeah and then of course by the time I get back they're like kind of like looking at me I'm like I was just going to piss I wasn't trying to jump line motherfuckers they hadn't even called our flight our flight isn't here for another hour what are you doing I know it always gets to my little spot, my my, uh, my uh, section or whatever, at least an hour before flight or whatever. Yeah, and, and also, side note, they call you in on in sections. Yes. So unless you are like part of section one or two, it doesn't matter how fucking quick you get up there. You're going to be standing there until they call your section. And guess what? By the way, you look a lot like me, so we probably have section six, which is the fucking cheap seats, yeah. motherfucker. So calm your jets. Mm-hmm. It's like <laughs> and guess ju- what? We have assigned seating, motherfucker. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't get that at all either. I've seen that a bunch too. Yeah, I'm like, it's assigned seating and we're being called in groups. Where's the rush to get be, to be the very first in line? Like we, we're all going to be getting there at the exact same time. Guess what? The plane ain't going to take off until the last person's on there. <laughs> so guess what? In fact, if you're the last person on there, it's probably a lot easier and quicker for you because mm-hmm. you just hop right on, click in that seatbelt, boom. There's the announcements. Now we're taking off. Mm-hmm. If you're one of the first people on there, you got to wait for all these other motherfuckers to walk by. Asses bumping you in the face as you're fucking trying to get situated. Fucking bellies getting all up in your face trying to put the overhead bags up and all that shit. So no, why, why are you trying to get in there early? 
<laughs> and then motherfucker, have you ever had motherfuckers try to talk to you that are sitting next to you during flights? No, thank God. Thank God, no. Uh, I've been able to avoid that at all costs. That's only happened to me once. Really? Yeah, but it wasn't my fault. Oh, really? I, <laughs> you, you, you already know whose fault it is. <laughs> Go ahead. I was a girl I was dating at the time. <laughs> and it was, and it was the, hi, how are you? And you're like, don't. Yeah, it's like, I don't want to talk to anybody. It's like, it's like the one, it's like the one time I get to read a book is on a plane now. And <laughs> yeah, no, it, uh, the past few times I've flown, um, one time I'll, the, when I was flying with Tony, we were sitting next to each other, so that that cut that out. Um, and then the other two times I flew, once was next to a girl, so of course she wasn't gonna fucking talk to me. Um, and then the other time was with an older guy, and it felt like he was going to, but I shut it down quick because uh, as soon as I sat down, he was like, "Hey, right, how's it going?" I'm like, "I'm doing good, man. How are you doing?" He's like, "Oh, I'm doing fine." And I was like, I was like "Okay, let's leave it at that. It's you know cordial." He's like, "So you flying back to Charlotte?" <laughs> And I was like, up oh, here we go. Yep. And immediately, I already had my phone out, too. I was like, yeah, man. I said, and I gave him just a quick rundown. I was like, yeah, man. I, said, I was hanging out with a bunch of friends and everything. We just kind of did a little road trip through Chicago, the set and the other. So, yeah, I'm on my way home now. Hope you have a good time, man. I put an earbud in yep. and immediately start looking at my phone. I'm like, nope, I'm cutting this out right now. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'll give you a little bit of conversation. I'll be very nice to you, but I'm not keeping it going. Yeah. <laughs> Get them out of their comfort zone real quick. Yeah. I'm like, this is not happening. <laughs> and that is it. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I want to do Nash. I want to go to Nashville. And as far as like destination spots that I haven't been to yet, I would like to go to you know places in Texas I haven't been to yet. Mm-hmm. No, I, I would definitely recommend Texas. Uh, that. Now, since I've been able to kind of, I've now made a really big C <laughs> across the U.S. I've still not gone into like middle, middle America, and I've not been to the West Coast. But I've gone from basically Texas and looped all the way up. And I think, so now I've hit every state looping up to Jersey. And then kind of that little off branch now for Chicago and Wisconsin. But yeah, so, but through Texas, Austin was really cool. San Antonio was cool just for kind of like the vibe of San Antonio and all that shit. Um, but yeah, Austin was really cool. I've been to Dallas, and Dallas just kind of has this like it's upscale, kind of like, you know, old South money vibe to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to go to Austin. What's San Antonio? When you said uh, San Antonio had its own vibe, what do you mean by that? Uh, spaghetti Western. It, 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 it felt the most. Texas. See, that's if what that I makes wanted. any sense. It, it, it's, it's like when you got into San Antonio, you heard the capital T Texas. Yeah, Texas. Yeah, kind of shit. It's like that. That's really what San Antonio felt like. It was a lot more desert land, a lot more kind of leaning into it a bit more. See, that sounds kind of fun for me. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, San Antonio was cool in that regard, and yeah, uh, Austin. Yeah, that, music that was, fan. That- you I mean, definitely wants to check out Austin and all it, that too. It was just, it was all lights. It was really cool. It was like ooh, fun, <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah, te- Texas is really cool, and and it does. Texas does just. I mean, you've you've been to Dallas. I mean, it, it definitely has an overall feel to it. Yeah, Texas does. It's kind of like Tennessee's like that too. You know how Texans are like. You know, they embrace that Texas pride or whatever. Tennessee's like that too. Oh yeah, no, I saw the uh, I saw that Dragon Ball fucking everywhere, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I know it. The fucking uh, or it was like that orange because like, the Texas flag for those that don't or the Tennessee flag for those that don't know is uh, a red, white, and blue colors yep. with three stars in the middle. Yep. But I had a chain on at one point that was like orange, <laughs> it had, like an orangish hue to it. Yeah, and it had like the three stars in it. But you know they were like 
deep orange star. So it looked like a Dragon Ball from Dragon Ball Z. And Mikey so innocently was like, dude, I didn't know you were a Dragon Ball fan. No, and it wasn't just him. It was everybody. <laughs> I was like, God damn it. But, but I love how he wasn't even like trying to give you shit for it. He was no. like trying to relate with you for a second. He's like, dude, I didn't know you like Dragon Ball. You're like, I don't. And he's like, your, your necklace is like, what, Tennessee? <laughs> yeah. I never got mad about it. Just no, kinda... you were just like, what? no, this is the Tennessee flag. He's like, oh, shit, you're right. But no, that looks just like a Dragon Ball. <laughs> it's one of my, I love that state flag, though. It's one of my, no, it is, it's very good. Yeah, I like the, uh, there's not a, the North Carolina one's kind of weird. It's not that it's, well, it's not weird. It just kind of has the, uh, just the one star and then like the N and the C to it, right? Um. You don't see people just wearing that on T-shirts. No, not really. I, you you mainly see the uh, the South Carolina state flag more. Even then, the, South the Palmetto. Car- yeah, but that looks like you know, you know, some frat dudes would wear they go to USC or some shit like that. <laughs> I'll, see, I I don't I'll really relate to the frat dudes. I always related to um uh the old uh, sorry gr- South Carolina people. No, it's, <laughs> I lived there half my life. Uh, I relate it more toward the fucking um. The old rich money and the fucking oh. pastels and khaki pants and shit like that. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that's that's what I'm more related to. They they've got it on the back of their um their uh, their little golf cart that they mm-hmm. take down to the beach. SEC SEC baby. <laughs> Tennessee was like that too. A lot of uh pink shorts and especially from like the rich neighborhoods in Nashville. We would call them the the Brentwood Cowboys because they would <laughs> the Brentwood Cowboys. Yeah, nice. Yeah, because by day they'd wear their you know college shirts and you know pink shorts and you know they're fucking uh, loafers and whatnot and then at night they throw on their cowboy hats and their fucking boots that mom and dad bought them and shit like that god yeah so so the weird culture in south carolina though is like that that style you were describing for their day wear mm-hmm. the old dudes would start wearing that the fucking with the white hair dust ruffle glasses you know fucking g- gobble goose goose nut neck kind of shit they'd be wearing that same fucking pastel fucking beach wear shit too <laughs> god well i guess it's, there's more is there i guess there's more of a beach culture in south carolina and that's because of myrtle beach and shit like that myrtle too beach, myrtle beach myrtle beach oh man <laughs> what's that guy's name sonny ledford sonny ledford <laughs> almost played with one of his drummers <laughs> no shit so, yeah it was like one of those things where it's like I was going to be double booked and I couldn't take it or whatever. But yeah. uh, they even threw it out there. It's like this guy played with Son- Sonny Leopard. I was like, no shit. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. No, damn. I was, uh, well, if you was double booked, you shouldn't have taken it. But still, I should have taken it for the story. <laughs> I know. I wanted to pick his brain. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh man. Well, how much? What other stuff you got going on, brother? Let's see. Uh, as far as like it, just doing the just the hired gun thing around town and uh, playing playing some rock and roll, playing more rock and roll than ever with you guys and Superjet and Grave Rollers now too. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, because uh, something we kind of hinted at a little bit earlier in the uh, in the show is. Uh, the next show we got coming up is the one that's kind of going on right now as you're listening to this is Rim Rocks 2021. It's finally happening. God, how we, how long have we been talking about this? Well two, over a year. Yeah, it feels like it's been two for some reason to me. It honestly has. Well, I mean, if you think about it, Brad was planning for Rim Rocks 2020. 
So we were probably talking about it in 2019. Probably. That's probably where my head was, too. Yeah. So so for all intents and purposes, yeah, roughly two years in the fucking making, and it's going to be stacked both fucking days. So as you're listening to this, if you're listening to it earlier in the day when it actually gets released, tonight we got Mama Tequila, Strange Turf, Dragline, The Girls, Yours Truly, The Fill-Ins, Betrayed by the Bullet, and Knuckle Duster rounding off the set. Yes. And then, oh, that set actually is cut off. Whoops. Can't see the very bottom of it. Got to pull up a different photo. Here we go. <laughs> All right. And then day two is going to start out with LJ and the Sleaze and then Toward Space, Mel Machete, Killer Heart, Satanic Panic, Seven Year Witch, Super Jet, and The Cheats. I can't fucking wait for this. No, it's it's, it's going to be a whole, like you said, it was two years in the making. It's going to be a whole hell of a lot of fun. I'm going to be in a music video by the time this drops, too. That oh, uh, no just shit. got released. Uh, this band I played with a couple weeks ago, Courtney, Lynn, and Quinn, they asked me to play guitar and kind of uh, uh, d- take the role of the guitar uh, parts for a new song they just released. I didn't record it, but uh, I performed it. We didn't lip sync it or anything, but we performed it, you know, five or six times with an audience in front of us on a piece of property that a friend of theirs has. Nice. With uh, some old uh, bandmates I used to play in uh, Kelsey Ryan's band with, with Brandon Henry and uh, Stephen Cornacci on drums. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah, we'll make sure and be sharing that around for everybody to watch and get a gander at the boy. Yeah, I, I got all dolled up for it and stuff before the humidity, you know, <laughs> got my hair all, uh, you know, expanded for it, but I'm sure it looks just fine. I haven't seen a cut of it yet, so I might be seeing it like the day it gets dry today <laughs> Man, you, gotta, you, you gotta get on your uh especially now that you're like doing a lot more promotions for yourself and stuff you gotta get on your own managerial duties and be like i need to see a cut yeah. <laughs> i kind of look at it as like their thing it's like i don't really like uh and, you know i like even though i'm part of it and then i and because i didn't play on the track or anything like that i kind of look at it as their thing but i'm gonna share yeah, yeah, it and all yeah. that too oh of know. course you got to but you'd be surprised how many musicians don't do that for like even even their own shit either you know yeah <sighs> drives me nuts you're telling me yeah (laughs) it's like we still see it like the the social media thing with bands has been a thing for god how long 10 years now at least at this point back in the myspace days minimum the myspace days shit got done in the myspace days it should be getting done quick anyway that's a whole other (laughs) podcast now too oh my god yes that's so fucking (laughs) we shit got done in the myspace days they really did i hear i hear i used to listen to jamie Josta's podcast from hate and he would talk about like dude it was like the best thing for new bands back then (laughs) oh my god i love it well we've been doing pretty good this episode but before we run out of steam i figured it's about time for us to dig on into our spotify playlists and figure out what the hell we've been listening to what you listening to son i don't think you like it well why not i like this new generation of music Where did you record this? I bought it at the mall. What that person on your tape has is a medical disorder. All right, Captain. What the hell have you been listening to, sir? This uh, this record by Bram Marino uh, came out uh, not too long ago through Spaghetti Town, and I've been digging the hell out of that. Oh yeah, it's a lot of uh, there's a lot of like you know, it sounds like stuff I would write if I was just doing shit by myself and playing slide guitar. But there's a lot of power pop in it and stuff like that too. A lot nice. of uh, a lot of uh, there's some twelve string bits in there and some you know hand claps. It's like a if uh, I'm trying to make of a guitar player, he kind of emulates and things like that. But it's like blue, a blues rock guitar player that uh, kind of you know embraced his Elvis Costello in him. Nice. 
Sounds like not unlike me to an extent. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Which, of course, you know, tickle my my uh, uh, my my, my, my taste. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I couldn't even finish it. There you go. He's got a song on there called uh, "Local Show" that's really funny. That kind of like uh, cuts at the core of being, uh, you know, your days as a local band where nobody shows up and things like that. So he's got a lot of humor in his work too. But I think it's a killer record, and I think everybody uh, should check it. Out. Let me find the exact title of it because I thought I had it in my queue, but I did not. Again, How it's through. How dare you? No, it's not Bad Motor Scooter. God damn it. I put a T instead of an R. But yeah, the uh, album's called uh, Looking for Trouble. Looking for Trouble. And that's on uh, Spaghetti Town. And I'm sure. And uh, I got to get the vinyl for that too. Hell yeah. Well, too cool. I've actually got a couple little small ones to throw out. Um,. One I, honorable mention, uh, the off holier than thou cover. I haven't watched any of those or listened to those yet. How how is that? <gasps> it's fucking great. I bet it is. <laughs> it's really fucking good. the The video was pretty funny. Like literally, over half of the video was just like like a mini movie. It's just like dialogue and talking and stuff. It's a super short version of Holier Than Thou. But no, they it, they fucking kill it. It's got a new rhythm section, new bassist and uh, drummer, and. It's fucking great. Like, awesome. It's, it's, it's really fucking I've been, solid. I've been seeing like all kinds of just like off the wall like artists covering songs from that album. Like St. Vincent does a song and there's a couple other things. I haven't checked out any of them yet. Yeah, it's part of like this big compilation thing Metallica's doing where it's like a whole bunch of artists covering Metallica songs and it all goes to like benefit some charity that they've always been a part of or whatever. Because it's the 30th anniversary of that album, isn't it? Yeah, because they're doing like this big reissue thing, remaster, remaster remix and i've listened to some of it and honestly the only thing i can tell is it sounds like they added the they gave the bass a tiny tiny bit of distortion okay that's the only thing i can tell like certain bass notes seem to cut through more but the bass resonance is the same yeah and all the mix sounds the same it just certain bass notes sound like they cut through a little bit more so they may have just like given the mids like a tiny little like tiny tiny touch but okay. that's about it it's an album like that it's just one of those albums that it's so big and it's so you know the, it's one of the biggest selling albums of all time for a reason it's like what yeah. do you do to improve that but I'm very curious to hear it with that context and uh, probably the only other one I'd really want to throw out there is uh, throw a little love out there to the Buzzards of Fuzz Desert Drive and No Radio came out and that's another really fucking good song just guitars for days dude it is like from it when they posted the sample, it was that really cool little guitar riff. And I'm sitting here going, I'm like, ah, I know how this works. Yeah. That's probably like the last like 45 seconds of the song with like this really cool little outro piece. And it's, you know, okay, I wonder how it's going to lead up to that. You click the song, it's boom, boom, bam, and it kicks straight into that riff. And I'm like, oh, shit. Okay, this is how we're doing this. All right, I'm in. <laughs> Hell yeah. I love Buzzards of Fuzz. And I know I say shout out a lot on the podcast, and I get shit for it, but shout out to those guys. Shout out to Buzzards of Fuzz right here on the Something Good For You podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and as we teased last week, check it out at the end of this episode. One more little bit of love going on to Satanic Panic, who's rocking the house tomorrow at Rim Rocks with that song The Ripper on one of those new singles so thank you guys for tuning in Cap's already running off doing something I don't know what he's doing I guess I'm gonna vamp 
just for like a couple more seconds while he figures out what he's doing but uh yeah hopefully we'll be getting right back into doing more weekly episodes like this and who knows maybe the next episode uh will actually be pretty crazy because again we're at the rim right now that's and right we'll have our recording equipment with us so who knows what the fuck we're doing right now with those microphones probably gonna be hung over as shit <laughs> yeah but who, like I said, who knows what we're doing with those microphones running around talking with people, maybe. We'll see what next week has in store for you. But definitely check out all the other episodes of the Sons of Good For You podcast. Leave a like, leave a subscribe, all that good shit. If you like Kiss, check out the No Time to Turn podcast right here on the Sons of Good Network. And if you really love what you do, what we do, rather, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash something good network. All that information is in the episode description along with our Discord where you can hang out with us and have some fun cap what are you doing i was just gonna make a cheers too. Oh, okay well, i was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna I make did, a toast I, did, I was gonna say i didn't know if you had something specific uh, you had going on so in that case cap do you have a fucking outro for us here's to rim rocks 20 uh here's to rim rocks 2021 go balls oh, i was late for it <laughs> <laughs>
get you. I'll say your girl. I was like, if he doesn't say it, I'm going to say it. <laughs> Go balls. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Please insert another coin by supporting the show for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash somethinggoodnetwork.